0: welcome back everyone to drunk bible study bonus edition today we have a real battle of the sexes for you <laughs> because i'm talking about male lactation and wow. uh Dedeker is talking about um yeah what are you talking about uteruses yeah female anatomy stuff there like that
1: go.
2: And now, Emily, I can only assume you're talking about male lactation because of the whole kings being nursing fathers.
0: Yes,
1: correct. To clarify, we're talking about cis male lactation. Sure. Oh, my yeah. gosh.
2: I
0: didn't realize that I clicked on something that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Whoops. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What, well, yeah. What did, what did you Mormons have stuff to say about male lactation? They do. They do. Really? I mean, really? It, it's what? most... No, no. Well, they have something to say <laughs> about what is the meaning or known fulfillment of the prophecy, kings shall be thy nursing fathers Uh, and their queens thy nursing mothers. Less interesting. Yeah, slightly less interesting. Basically, it says, the softening of the hearts of the Gentiles, they shall be like unto a father to them. They basically say in this that the Gentiles are going to become the United States of America, which is hysterical to me. I laughed a lot. Um, (laughs) Good, good. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a Mormon thing, right? Is that a Mormon thing that like the U.S. is? Oh, no, I guess they're trying to proselytize to people all over the world.
1: Well, but there is this kind of like this theory that Jesus traveled to America and got it. Yeah. You know, and this was a little bit of this kind of golden promised land yeah, metaphor connection thing. Stuff like that. A rainbow
2: connection, you it might says, say. Perhaps. I see,
0: which is what we're going to get to later as well. But it says, yeah, the mighty nation established among the Gentiles is the United States of America, whose early inhabitants scattered the Lamanites. So... I don't know. I don't know who the laminates
2: are. That's a new one to me. But I guess they
0: laminate everything. Yeah, they laminate all of the stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I just found that to be funny. But then I looked on the Wikipedia male lactation site and uh, found out some more. That essentially, yeah, the Dayak fruit bat and the Bismarck masked flying fox produce milk. That's pretty cool. The the males, yes, the males produce, produce milk. milk. Okay. It's very specific. The males do. Yes, the males do. And apparently also newborn babies of both sexes can occasionally produce milk. What? This is called neonatal milk, <gasps> and it's not considered male lactation. It's just Whoa. like a phenomenon.
1: Weird. Why? Wow. Right? Why would that happen? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Babies having
1: babies. What's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm, I don't know. Um, wow.
1: Oh, this, you know what? I did pull up an article that tells me that that neonatal lactation is sometimes known as witch's milk. Got it. Of
0: course. Of course. Whoa. Of
2: course. <laughs> okay. Great.
0: Um. Oh, this is interesting. Charles Darwin commented on male lactation in The Descent of Man, A Selection in Relation to Sex. And he said that he considered the nearly perfect function of male nipples in contrast to greatly reduced structures, uh, speculating that both sexes may have nursed young in early mammalian ancestors and subsequently mammals evolved to inactivate them in males at early age. I mean, that's Darwin. Like, who knows if that's real or not? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, but it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective where you're trying to answer the question of like, why do men have nipples at all? It's true. Or why do male animals have nipples at all? You know? Yeah,
2: right. It's the whole, I got nipples. Can you milk me? Can you milk me? Yeah, I got nipples, Greg.
0: Can you milk me? Exactly. (laughs) So human male breastfeeding is possible, but the production of the hormone prolactin is necessary to induce lactation. So male lactation does... Not occur under normal conditions. Also, the male breasts lack special lobules that are anatomically present in the female's breast. Lobules, lobules, (laughs) l o b u l e s, lobules. All right. Doparidione, is a drug. I don't know. It's a drug that can be used to increase lactation. Male lactation has also been seen during recovery from starvation. Wow. This may be because the glands that produce hormones recover more quickly than the liver, which absorbs hormones, leading to higher hormone levels. Wow. Spontaneous production of milk is not associated with childbirth.
1: Wouldn't it, but hold on. But wouldn't it also make sense, though, that if your body was starving, that would indicate to somewhere in your body and in your genes of like, ooh, things are bad. Like don't make milk, maybe? No, no, I would think the opposite. I would think of like, somebody's got to feed the babies.
0: Oh.
2: Oh I see. Yeah. Got so it. like why not share the, the work? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Feeding babies. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. Very few species are known where male lactation occurs and it is not well understood what evolutionary factors control the development of this trait. So I don't know what God was talking about. I think you're right <laughs> when it was like a metaphor because basically the Church of Latter day Saints just was like it means that The United States of America is the big Kahuna. I don't know. That's that's something that it uh, talked about. So here we are. I never
2: would have thought that a conversation about male lactation would lead to America being the big Kahuna. Well, that's that's
0: those Mormons for you, I guess. Boy. All right, Dedeker.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. Let's just yeah, let's just jump. From that to the history of the uterus, which oh, is something boy. that I've actually googled.
0: <laughs> the uh, history <laughs> of the uterus, like, <laughs> amazing the uterus. I
1: just this is the thing: there are people in this world who have uteruses, uh, yeah, and vaginas, and vulvas, yeah, and historically, most of the world's power has been held by people who have penises and testicles, yeah, and therefore that means most of the information and studies of, you know, the uteruses and vaginas has been kind of, shall we say, mucked up by the fact that it's only people with penises and testicles studying them.
0: Indeed. So
2: right, yes.
1: we've gotten a lot of weird stuff, a lot of messed up stuff as the results of that, mm-hmm. and a lot of interesting theories about how uteruses and vaginas work necessarily. So I learned all kinds of stuff. First of all, basically the word vagina... Initially, Vagina. in Latin, refers to a scabbard or a sheath. A sheath? For a sword. Okay. Yes. Really? Yeah, just really. For a sword,
2: of
0: course. On the nose. Of Very on the nose. On go. the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Love that.
1: I'm going to get to more ancient Jewish texts and okay. what they thought about women's anatomy back then, but okay. I'm just going to put a pin in that for now. Basically, there's this Greek physician, Aratius, or Aretha who, Franklin. Aretha Franklin. No, yeah. came up with this very popular belief that the uterus actually wanders around the body. What? Like it's kind of hard uh, to pin I don't down.
2: Like I'm having kind of a so. shoulder uterus day today.
1: <laughs> well, there was this theory that if it like bangs into your liver, that's what causes some liver problems, or it bangs <laughs> into your stomach and uh, okay, that's yeah. an issue. So it's a problem basically. It's, it causes it just saying. wanders around like a drunk driver. It's just like Got banging it. into Gosh. stuff, okay. like causing problems, wow. and that a doctor could. <laughs> Lure it back to the proper spot with good smells. With so good like, smells, if wow! If you presented smells. the vagina with a good smell, <laughs> the, it would come back.
2: We all know that. It would come all know home. that uteruses love good smells. I wow. mean,
1: really, you got to just do like you know, like shepherds and cowherds do. Just like strap a bell to that thing.
2: Mm. And- yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like it, it, it's a cat, and you have to put yes. a bell on it so that it'll come yes. home. You can hear it coming, and wow. it won't.
1: It won't bang into any birds. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Amazing.
1: Um, I also learned that through the course of studying anatomy through the ages, all kinds of theories about how the uterus works, like people thought that it was divided into seven chambers and had two openings at one point. What? Um
2: okay.
1: There was like Why? a medieval oh. doctor, Master Nikolaus, who oh, thought that classic. the Dude. the the standard view in his time was that the uterus has as many divisions as the days of the week and it you can hold up to 7 kids at a time, kind of like a dog, I suppose. Wow, um,
2: and then octomom happened and he was like, "Well, he's shit." like,
1: "There you go." Uh, other like, people obviously. thought it was just like divided in two and like Males were born on one side and females were born oh, on the other side. Okay. Um, and then in the late 12th century, another doctor came along and was like, no, 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 women have two wombs because they have two breasts. And that just makes sense.
2: Right. Oh, it makes so <laughs> much sense. Um, we got two testicles. You got to have two wombs. Yeah. It just well, makes sense.
1: That's kind of the other part of this is historically what's happened in the study of anatomy. And honestly, in most. Biological sciences up to this day is still this assumption that, like, the male anatomy is the default, of course, and of course therefore, female anatomy is just kind of an offshoot, a lesser version wow. of it, a wow. knockoff version of it, you know, a weirder, corrupted version of male anatomy. Like, that's been going on for a while, but Ugh. I'm going to talk
2: to you. It, it is, it is ironic though. Just with the whole genetics thing of like kind of we all start female until we have our male parts grown. The whole X and Y chromosomes. It is a very weird weird thing.
1: So I found an interesting text in the Jewish virtual Mm -hmm. library.org about what kind of ancient rabbinical texts in the Talmud say about anatomy in general and specifically about female anatomy. So I'm going to run this by you. So the Mishnah, lists the chamber, antechamber, upper chamber, and fallopian tube. And let me... Um, okay,
2: I, one of those words now, I've heard hold, before. Hold on.
1: I'm going <laughs> to read some quotes, and you're going to have to figure out which part is which. And and let me just...
2: Oh, that's good. Okay. okay. Let me a just quiz. tell you, that. people okay. still
1: have not figured it out. It's still up for debate. Oh, okay, so, okay.
2: We're going to solve it right now, though. Okay, definitely. Okay
1: so, okay, so first is a quote from the Mishnah that says, The blood of the chamber defiles. The blood of the upper chamber does not. That found in the antechamber defiles on account of uncertainty, since it is strongly probable that it comes from the source, which is the uterus. And then in the Gemara, it explains, quote, the chamber is within and the antechamber without. (laughs) And the upper chamber is built over both and there's an open passage between the upper chamber and the antechamber. This is a word problem. Consequently, from <laughs> yeah. the open passage inward, the blood, in case of doubt, is defiling. But from the passage outward, it is in a state of purity. Huh? <laughs> Any theories?
0: So wait a minute, you're okay. asking me, like, what? We've is... We've got,
1: hold on, we've got four parts. Fallopian yeah. tube, I'm just going to cross that off, we know what it is. Yeah. The chamber, the antechamber, the upper chamber.
0: It sounds like the chamber... Is what? The the uterus itself?
1: And then what's the
0: antechamber and the upper chamber? The cervix no, see, was, is the hmm. antechamber? I don't know what the hell the upper chamber mm-hmm. is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not actually a thing so, anywhere. Which, which was which part was it that, that things were in doubt? There was uncertainty um, about was the uncleanliness? Lot, there was a lot of uncertainty.
1: <laughs> the blood of the chamber <laughs> okay. defiles. So like
0: when you have okay. a period. The
1: blood of the upper chamber does the upper not. upper chamber
0: does not. That
1: found in the antechamber defiles on account of uncertainty.
0: <laughs> I'm uncertain about my period, so, yeah.
1: I was interpreting this as like the blood that's in the vagina is defiled, but blood that's still in the uterus doesn't.
2: But then what's the upper chamber?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thing that we have on our well. body. I don't know. And they go on to explain that uh, like so many historians have argued over what is actually what. Um I, I'm just gonna drop in this last little bit of trivia that in the anatomy of the female genitalia, there's a place in the Jerusalem Talmud that is called quote between the teeth or quote abode of the teeth.
0: So this is that movie teeth.
1: Some huh. some historians say means that quote, within the womb are fleshy protuberances like teeth.
2: Cool. Great.
1: I don't know. I don't know what. That, that's I don't not know what. That's
2: the case, but okay. I just
1: don't know what. I
2: just don't know what. I just don't know just what. Don't, no one knows what. No one knows what. That's the truth. Wow. No one knows what. Turned down for what. Turned down no one for knows what? what.
1: I'm glad <laughs> for at least some slightly better sex education now. Yeah. Slightly. I feel glad for myself to have some...
2: Slightly Mm. better understanding Mm
1: -hmm. of my own anatomy. It took a while to get there, but... Yeah,
2: Yeah, I I suppose. I don't know if this this. good or bad, but... Yeah, when you put it in perspective, it's like, hey, maybe modern sex education isn't as bad as it could be.
1: Compared, (laughs) yes. Compared to your uterus just wandering around banging into your spleen or whatever, causing problems.
2: (laughs) Right. Uh, Wow. Gracious. Okay, I would love to bring us back the song that started it all today, which is the Rainbow Connection.
1: (laughs) The uterus connection, the upper chamber connection. The The
2: upper chamber connection, yes. That's really what it's about. Okay, Emily, since we finished recording and now, have any memories surfaced for you of the Rainbow Connection? Just like, like, I, and I sang this in music class in elementary school. Like, this is such a like, piece of, <laughs> but that's none of that's the melody. Like, this, what are you, what are you this singing? Weird,
0: the garbled rainbow, half memory music. And me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think it is. Okay, wow, got it.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, let me first hit you with some history here. Okay. Hit it. Hit me with it. It is a song from the Muppet movie, Got it. which came out in 1979. Whoa. I did not realize Thanks. quite how old that movie was. Ode. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher and sung by Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog. Of course. Um, yeah. And what I learned about this that I thought was kind of fun is that the song was supposed to be inspired by or kind of relevant to the When You Wish Upon a Star song from Pinocchio.
0: Okay. Oh, I see.
2: So it kind of like evokes kind of a similar imagery and stuff like that. And the story goes that when Jim Henson tasks them with this, saying like, hey, I want you to write this song. It's going to be the opening of the movie, and it's going to be Kermit singing by himself playing a banjo. That was the instructions. Okay. And they're like, okay. Freaking banged it out. No worries. Everything except the chorus. Okay. The part they hadn't come up with yet was the Rainbow Connection line. And the story goes that they were stuck on this one part and they had dinner with Williams's wife and they were like explaining to her, like the thing we're missing, because it needs to be about rainbows. We're missing like, the rainbow connection mm. and that like
0: rainbow connection
2: that's it <laughs> the rainbow <laughs> connection wow okay yeah cute uh so it was a big hit it was nominated for best original song at the academy awards oh wow did not did not win Ugh. uh but was nominated for an oscar well what um, in its place you know what I actually don't know the answer to that i did not look that up Jeez. Uh, Was it the
1: 1979 Oscars oh, or 1980?
2: No, here it is. Here it oh. is. It lost to "It Goes Like It Goes" from Norma Ray. Yeah, nobody no knows one that
0: song. Remember, and it. everybody knows yep. this song except for Meg. So there you nobody go. Nobody cares.
2: On the Wikipedia article, it says a win that some critics denounced. Mm. Yes, well, including quite, us. In way, quite, including history. <laughs> yes. Another fun piece of trivia is that just in this last year, the Library of Congress in the United States. Added this to its archive of quote important recordings. Wow. Um, that they, they add a few songs to this every year. There have now been like 500 something songs, 575 recordings have been added to this. The oldest of which is Thomas Edison's voice what? from the very first How cool. phonograph first ever, recording. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and the most recent of which is an episode of This American Life. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Which episode? I bet you I know which one it is.
1: It's probably the one that that where they won the Peabody Award. Yeah. And the probably, didn't they win though, a Pulitzer?
2: Yeah. I listened to it. It was yeah. it was from 2008. Oh. So the oh. the span goes the earliest recording is that one of Edison in 1878, which is wild. Uh up to 2008 wow. being that most recent one. Wow. And anyway, they add things every year and and this last year Kermit the Frog the Rainbow Connection was added along with a song by Janice Jackson and Cool in the Gang. Cool. Sorry, great. that's not one song by both of them. That's that's two separate requests. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that celebration, you know, it's a celebration. Oh, oh yeah, you of know course. That cool mm. in the Gang song. Yep, celebration. Yeah, yeah. We, we got come it. Come on. Yes. Gosh, Dedeker hates my singing. I, I'm so over it's it. It's great. Okay, okay. So, Emily. Yes. I need to play this for you. Okay. This is the original Kermit the Frog. Okay. From the Muppet movie. Amazing. Who said that every wish would be heard? This is what I sang. (laughs) Somebody thought of that, and someone believed it. So, you can see it's like wishing on a star. It's based on that song from Pinocchio, right? Now, this has been covered by basically everybody. Okay. Uh, The first of which I'm going to play for you a few, like a selection of some of the people that have covered this song. The first one is Debbie Harry, Hmm. who's the lead singer of Blondie, uh, who was on the Muppet TV show. Okay. The Muppet Show TV show. The Muppet, the Muppet show, the t- not the Muppet movie. The Muppet
0: show, the TV show.
2: Okay. And she sang a duet with Kermit. Oh, cute. this song. will find it, the rainbow the lovers, the dreamers, and me. I feel like I've heard that. And then another version that's... The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Yeah. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Cute. Another version that's very famous is the Willie Nelson version. Yeah. Way more chill Who said That every wish Would be heard And answered So Willie Nelson When wished On
0: the morning star
2: And then we also have This version by The Carpenters Uh, Oh She has such a good voice And then, of course, it wouldn't be complete without everyone's favorite Sarah McLaughlin.
1: Wow. Is
2: this the sweet Somewhere a dog is crying. This brings me back to high school.
1: Oh, yeah. Sarah McLaughlin is the voice of my angsty teenager. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Most and of then us. my so there was your angsty teenager and then there's your pumped up teenager, which is Gwen Stefani. Oh, what? Oh my God. Right? and 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 this was from an album that was all like, Disney, it was produced by Disney, I think. Oh, wow. This album of various pop stars singing things. And then the last one I'll leave you with, I think, is my favorite of all of them, which is by Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this band. Oh, I,
0: I know that band.
2: Yeah, Emily, have you heard of them before? Uh,
0: I have definitely heard of them, but I don't know, I can't recall any of their music. They do these
2: kind of like pop punk versions of Oh, okay. Yeah. musical theater. Got it. They do like I think I've done that. Don't cry like, for me Argentina. You know, they have all they have so many albums.
0: Me Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Exactly. I remember that.
2: Yeah. And they of course have their version of this. <laughs> Zayana. Zayana. All right, that's, that's all we've got for today. Haid. Wow! I also fun inside story about me and Dedeker. I sing this song to Dedeker. Every few months, probably, Aww. but with different words based on whatever random thing we happen to be talking oh my about. That's <laughs>
1: true. Really? That's adorable. <laughs> Actually, there was a long period of time where you sang this song, but but it was only about bridges specifically. Yeah, that's where right? it started. <laughs> <laughs> like, just because Jace is like super interested in bridge engineering. Really? As a hobby? I didn't know that.
2: Well, so we were staying at this place in Japan, Pet City. Uh-huh. And right outside of where we were staying, there was the river, Okay, the Tokyo River. And from where we could see it, there were three different bridges across it, all within vision of just the balcony of this place we were staying. Wow! And each bridge was built in a completely different style. Wow. Dedica is like massaging her temples right now because she can't even stand it. <laughs> one of them was like a suspension bridge. Another was a floating bridge. Another was like a bridge with pillars under it. And I think there was even a fourth one down the way that was a bridge that didn't have any supports. It just like went from one side to the other. And I was just marveling at why are there so many ways to build bridges? Why and that's are what there so, there so many ways build to build bridges <laughs> to, <get laughs> to the other oh, side? Oh, and then it's
1: just haunted me ever and since energy. then. Like,
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's adorable, though. Oh my gosh! Oh boy! Wow! Wow! We've wow. really Glad. gone on a
1: ride today. Male it's lactation, yeah. yes. wandering uteruses, yes. the rainbow slash bridge connection. <laughs>
0: We're doing, you know what? We're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, I hope so for our sakes, true.
2: For, for, for our sakes and everyone's sake. So I hope that we're we're doing the Lord's work.
0: I definitely have heard that song before, but like I didn't I didn't commit it to memory or hear it enough. Clearly, it was like a song in passing for me. It's a real shame for sure. I definitely didn't hear all of those like amazing remixes. <laughs> no, none of that. Alrighty. Well, we hope that you all enjoyed our Battle of the Sexes slash Rainbow Connection, Rainbow Bridge Connection. And uh, we can't wait to see what Isaiah and God get up to next week, because they're going to get up to some shenanigans for sure. So we'll see you then. Can't wait.